Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Today. My name is Bronson, and along with my wife Gabby, we are the pastors here at Elevation Church. If you are a visitor this morning, please just be welcome. Have a great time here today. We are so glad that you are with us. And if you've been with us for a while, come on, why don't we give our visitors a clap this morning? So great to have you here. Today, we are starting a new series called The Bible. Could you turn to the person next to you today and say, The Bible? Come on, say it with me The Bible. And uh, over this next four weeks or so, we're going to be looking at the Bible. And I just want to say this from the start, that this message series is a series for anyone. Uh, Maybe today you're here and you're not sure how you even feel about God, let alone what the Bible says about God. Maybe that's where you're at. Uh, Maybe you're someone here today who has followed God for many, many years. You're very spiritually mature. Uh, You love the Bible. Well, this series is for all of us from whatever place that we might find us in those two extremes. And our prayer is that as we delve into the Bible over this coming period of time, that we would encounter God and that there would be a change happen in our lives. Like that's our prayer. As we dive deep into the Word, that our lives would be changed and our church would be changed as we read the Word of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, this morning as we start this series on the Bible. I just pray, God, that we're going to encounter you in your Word, Jesus. Your Scripture says we will, and I thank you that we are going to. Our lives will be changed, God, for the good in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said? Amen. Well, I thought today that seeing as we're talking about a series on the Bible, that I would bring uh, my Bible to church today. I know that uh, most of us have our, uh, our phones have a Bible in it, but I just want to say, hey, over the next four weeks, can you bring your physical Bibles to church? And uh, I brought this one here. It's, called, it's got the Holy Bible in the front of it. It's kind of like worn out. It's the New King James Version. Can anyone guess what year I got this Bible? Come on, some guesses. 1999, close. 96, closer. 1930 for the live stream, if you didn't hear that. Not quite. That's when your dad got his Bible, but uh, (laughs) sorry, Mark. I got the Bible in 1993. Tomorrow it is, uh, next year it is 30 years old, this Bible. And uh, my parents gave me this Bible. They're watching on the live stream. Mum and Dad, you remember this Bible? When I was 16 for Christmas and uh, every 16-year-old's Christmas present wish. But no, no, I got this Bible. And I've read this Bible through many times uh, over the years, and it's underlined, and it's got all kinds of scriptures, favorite scriptures. The words of Christ are in red. Come on. That's a legit Bible. When the words of Christ are in red, you know you've got a good Bible today. I'll share a few other Bibles that I have as well over the coming weeks. So why are we deciding to do a message series on the Bible? You might be saying, hey, yeah, the Bible, we're Christians, we know all about it. Why have we decided to do a series about the Bible? Well, I'm going to unpack a few reasons today about why, and we're going to go through them. But before we do that, I just want to get us all on the same page about the state of where uh, Christians are today in terms of reading their Bible. And there's a research group in America called the Barna Group, and they do all types of research, uh, a Christian organization about Christians and all types of different topics. And they've been doing a research study on the Bible since 1993. Can you believe that? 
the same year I got my Bible and started reading it, you know, uh, every day, they've been doing a series, uh, research uh, topic since 1993 to 2020, and... Uh, when they did the survey most recently, there should be a picture that comes up here for us. They did a survey when they asked the people in the last seven days, when they did the survey, how many of them had read their Bible. And so the most recent one in 2020 was 35% of Christians that they spoke to in the last seven days had read their Bible. And then they surveyed, uh, they asked another question, they asked, the frequency of how often you've read the Bible. And so, you know, daily, weekly, monthly, uh, and then they had a, a yearly. And so there's this one here, and it says uh, the frequency of reading the Bible on the left the most often and to the right the least often. And so that 35% figure uh, in 1999 was that in the last year they had not read their Bible at all, ever. 35% had not read their Bible in the last yeah, and then if we look at uh, 1999, it's up from 21%. And so Christians are reading their Bibles less and less. Less and less people who identify as Christians are reading their Bible. Now, I'm not sure what the results would be if we did that um, poll here today in church. You know, I reckon it would be 90% of, our, of us are reading our Bibles every single day, four hours a day. You know, a, few, a bit of laughter there. Probably be similar to maybe what those results are, more or less. And, and, and in saying this, please, I'm not trying to make us feel bad today in here about the Bible and about us reading it. Instead, what I'm encouraging, what we want to do over these three or four weeks is we want to try to reverse that trend that maybe has a trend of less and less reading of the Bible, to have a trend, at least here in Melbourne West, in Elevation Church, the trend is, no, we're changing that trend to have more of us reading the Bible in our lives. You know, some of the things that stop us from reading the Bible, what are they? Uh, one of the things is that we think, or we're not sure of, the, of its relevance to modern life. And we think to ourselves, well, it's an ancient book. I'm not too sure how relevant it is to me and my life and my family in 2022. And so what do we do? Maybe we stop reading it. Uh, perhaps we find it hard to understand. We read the Bible and we go, go to the minor prophets and Amos and Obadiah and all those kinds of guys who are like, this is hard to understand. I need someone to decipher it for me. And so we say it's too too difficult to understand, and so we stop. Thirdly, maybe we find it boring. Uh, we open up our Bibles. We start at Genesis 1. We read about creation, uh, Adam and Eve. Then we go along, uh, uh, chapter 5, and it's about Noah and the ark. And then we continue reading, and it's Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. And actually, like, these stories, are, they're, they're pretty cool, right? They're pretty good. And then we're finding out about Moses and he's rescuing the children of Israel. And we've got the 10 plagues and the parting of the Red Sea. And like, it's pretty good. Like, you're reading along. Like, this is an awesome, action-packed book that I'm reading at the moment. Story. Then it's all going great. And then three, three books in, we get to Leviticus. And then we get to Numbers. And we're like, oh, man. This is boring. Like real church this morning, even myself, authentic, one of our values is being authentic. I find it really tough to read numbers. It's like I'm doing like a, little, a lot of skipping, like speed reading, like he begat them and this begat that and that begat. And it's like chapters and chapters, right? 
we read it and we feel like it's a bit boring. And so if these are our reasons for stopping, if these are the reasons why maybe we don't read our Bible and there might be other reasons for you today, what then is our reason for continuing to read the Bible? What then is our reason for, for pushing on through Leviticus and Numbers and, and Deuteronomy and then we get to Exodus and it starts to pick up again? What's, what is our, our, our reason for continuing to read the Bible? This is our reason. Because you will have an amazing encounter with God as you read your Bible. That's the reason for reading our Bible. See, as we read the Bible, God's character, His attributes, His nature are displayed. And as you read the Bible, God's promises and blessings are announced. And as you read the Bible, God's plan for salvation and redemption is revealed. And the why for me on a series about the Bible is this. You will encounter God through the Bible consistently over time. You will encounter God as you read your Bible over time. And let me put it another way. We don't read the Bible for information. We read the Bible to encounter God. And today, if maybe you've only been reading it for information, maybe that's why it's difficult to keep reading it. But if you would change your thoughts to say, hey, God, as I read my scriptures today, I want to encounter you, things would change for your life. See, the, the, this series on the Bible isn't about making the Bible our main focus. It's actually for us to realize that the Bible's main focus is actually God. The focus of the Bible is not the Bible itself. The focus on the Bible is in God. And I truly believe the reasons we might have for not reading the Bible, we, find, we think it's irrelevant, difficult to understand, uh, maybe we think it's boring. I think that those reasons could be addressed if we are consistent in reading it over time. Hands up today if you've ever heard someone say, hey, I heard from God recently. Anyone here today, hey, I was praying and I heard God speak to me. Anyone, has anyone heard that? Uh, someone say that today. Have you, have you ever thought to yourself, I wonder what that's like? I wonder what it's like to hear the voice of God. And I'm about to tell you what it's like to hear the voice of God because I hear it all the time. Audible voice. No, no, no. Look, I've never heard, I'm going to be honest with you today, I've never heard the audible voice of God speak to me. I'm not saying that God doesn't do that. I know that there are people who say they've heard the audible voice of God, and that is amazing. But personally, I have never heard the audible voice of God. And when we hear someone say that, we think, wow, I wonder what their walk with God must be like. Wow, they must be so deep and, and spiritual. Wow, they must be like an A-plus Christian. Is that some of the things you might have thought when you hear someone say they've heard from God? Well, can I just let you know this morning, every single person here today, young and old, new Christian, mature Christian, maybe someone who is not even a Christian, I want to let you know today, every single one of us can hear from God. Every single person here today can hear God speak to Him. You can hear from Him, engage with Him, experience Him. How? Through the pages of the Bible. Through the pages of the Bible, you can hear God speak to you. The Bible is a miraculous book. The Bible, it's a miracle. The fact that we have a book where God speaks to us through His own words is a miracle. It is amazing. The Bible is a book written by 40 different authors 
over a span of 1,500 years. Just pause and stop to think about that for a moment. If I grabbed 40 of you here right today and tried to coordinate a story together, it would have all kinds of inconsistencies, all kinds of side plots and going all over the place. And we're in the same day and age. Imagine something written over 1,500 years. Imagine how different 2022 is compared to 522. Just the different eras and all the things that have changed. The different personalities that wrote the Bible. You know, uh, different men, different kinds of experiences, all these different things. And yet, in all those different eras, personalities and contexts, the Bible tells one consistent story. The Bible is the story of Jesus Christ. It's a story of redemption. It's a story about a creator who will stop at nothing to bring his creation back to him. It's a story of a king who comes down, becomes part of creation, humbly lives amongst us, dies for our sins, rises again. It is an amazing story of how God wants to restore himself to us. The Bible is filled with poetry and prophecy, history and bio, bio, biography, wisdom and truth, betrayal and war, sex and violence. The Bible is the original Netflix series. It's got it all. The Bible is a singular story that points us to Jesus Christ. And here is my guarantee for you today. And, and I actually... Don't guarantee this by myself. I guarantee this because this is what God says in his words. The Holy Spirit is the person who is backing up my guarantee this morning. It's this. When you encounter the God of the Bible, you will be changed. My guarantee that if you would come to God, if you would open the pages of the Bible, if you would say, God, I want to encounter you as I read your word, your life will be changed. And I can say this because my own life has been changed by reading the pages in this book. And I say that because there are men and women here today sitting in these seats, listening to the podcast, watching online, whose lives have been changed. Why? Because they encountered God. Through the Holy Scriptures. In Ephesians, the Apostle Paul, who we believe is responsible for writing half of the New Testament, he writes a letter to the church at Ephesus. And in this passage that we're going to read today, he, he, uh, he says a prayer for that church. And today, as, as a church, I want to, as your pastor, I want to invoke that prayer for us today, that over the coming weeks, as we look at the Bible, that we would encounter God the Father, and that we would encounter Jesus. If you've got your Bibles, open them up to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 16. It says this, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. This is Paul praying for the church. This is, and this is, you know, if this, this is me praying for us today. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards those who believe. 
I'm praying this passage of scripture over us as a church in these coming weeks, over you individually as a person, a follower of Jesus Christ. And as I pray these words, I pray that as you read your Bible, that you will encounter Jesus, uh, that you will encounter God. And so as I pray as we read your Bible, number one, you will encounter God. Come and say it with me. You will encounter God. Turn to the person next to me and say, you will encounter God. You will encounter God as you consistently read the Bible. Hear me today. If you would read the Bible with a focus to encounter God, guess what? You will encounter God. See, oftentimes we can read our Bible as just, uh, you know, it's our checklist of things to do. And so instead of saying, hey, God, I want to encounter you as I read my scriptures, it's like, hey, God, help me to read these passages fast so I can get on with the rest of my life, right? But what if we said, God, I want to encounter you as I read these scriptures? Ten, Tim, uh, Timothy Keller says this, uh, For years I thought God could be active in my life through the Spirit. And the Bible was a book I had to obey if God was going to come in. I now realize the Bible is the way that, through the Spirit, God is active in my life. God is active in my life through the Bible and the Holy Spirit. Last week, uh, we finished off our series, I Am. Seven weeks looking at the seven statements that Jesus made in the Gospel of John, talking about who He was. And we talked about how Jesus said that he would that the father would send who the holy spirit the father would send the advocate and the holy spirit would come and guide us in the truth of god do you know how the holy spirit primarily guides us he primarily guides us by reminding us what scripture says the holy spirit primarily guides us by reminding us to what Scripture said and said, in fact, I'm not saying that. Jesus said that in John 15. We don't have it in the Scriptures, but Jesus said that. The Holy Spirit will come and He will remind you of all the things that I have said. The Holy Spirit reminds us of what Jesus said. But how do we know what Jesus said? We've got to read our Bibles. We read the Bible. To know what Jesus says, we read the Bible. See, the Holy Spirit can't remind us if we haven't at first encountered. We have to encounter Jesus in the Scriptures. And in doing that, the Holy Spirit will strengthen and guide and length and lead and empower and convict and release us into the life that the Bible that God has called us to live because we encounter the Holy Spirit and God in the Scriptures. Turn to someone this morning and say, hey, this is great today. I'm loving this. Turn to the person next to you and this time say it like you mean it. This is a great time in church this morning. Number two, over these coming weeks as we look at the Bible, I pray you will encounter your own heart. I pray you will encounter your own heart. You know, in Jeremiah uh, verse 17, it says that the heart is deceitful above all things. The heart is actually not as pure as we would want to make it out. The heart is actually deceitful. The heart actually wants to lead us away from the things of God. The heart actually isn't that pretty. And I pray that you would encounter your heart as we read the Bible. See, when the Scripture talks about the heart, it's not referring to your 
physical heart, you're like, okay, Bronson, i got to buy a stethoscope tomorrow. Put that on. Ba-boom, ba-boom. Yes, I'm in camp. No, no. The, when the Bible talks about your heart, it's talking about your mind, your will, and your emotions. When the Bible talks about the heart, it's talking about your thoughts, your desires, your attitudes, all those types of things. That's what the Bible is referring to collectively when it says your heart. And here's what you need to know. The Bible doesn't primarily target your mind, though it can. It primarily targets your heart. And so I pray that you would say, God, target my heart and let my heart encounter you, God, over these coming weeks, over these coming months, over these years. As I read your scriptures, let my heart be spoken to. See, the Bible speaks to our hearts. It can dictate. It convicts our hearts. It challenges our hearts to live a life that would be worthy of the worthy of God. That we'd be worthy of the death, burial, and resurrection and of Jesus Christ. That our hearts would long for God, and not the things of this earth. There's a saying: We don't just read the Bible; the Bible reads us. See, we read the pages of the Bible, but at the same time, the Bible is reading our heart and it reveals our heart. The Bible read me during our COVID-19 and, and, and coming into uh, COVID-19 at the end of 2019 and coming into the start of 2020. And I was struggling with some insecurities around my life about leadership and about being a pastor and leading this church, and there were some issues that I was going through. And uh, in that time, as I was reading my Bible, the Bible read me, and it spoke to me, 2 Corinthians 12, 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. I was feeling weakness in my life. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Through the Bible, it read my heart, and I felt God saying to me through the Scriptures. I heard Him speak through the words of the Bible. I heard Him say to me, Bronson, those weaknesses, they draw you to me. And I want to let you know, as you hand over those weaknesses to me, guess what? You can receive my strength. And suddenly you're not walking walking in all your insecurities. Now you're walking in the calling and the anointing and the appointing of God upon your life. And you have strength to do what you need to do. See, my power is perfected in you. And church, can I say, as those words came alive off the pages, as they spoke to my heart, as I encountered God in my heart, it changed me. And it changed the way I thought about myself and the way that I saw church and leadership. And now I'm leading in God's strength instead of my insecurities and my life has been changed. See, this is what happens when you encounter God and you encounter your heart. And I want to say to you today, you too can encounter God in this way to have your life changed in a significant way by God as you read the Bible. The keys could come. That would be, that would be great. Number three, as you read your Bible, I pray you will encounter the hope, the riches, 
and the power that is yours in Jesus. I pray that you would encounter the hope, riches, and power that is yours in Jesus. See, Paul says that you might know the hope that is yours. The hope that is yours. He then says the riches of his glorious inheritance. He says the immeasurable greatness of his power. I love the way that Paul describes God. I love the way that he talks about our inheritance, the power, the hope that we have. When the Bible talks about hope, it's not, oh, I hope it goes well for you. So you could come to me and say, oh, I've got a new job that I'm starting or uh, I'm buying a house. And I'll say, hey, I hope it goes well for you. Right? But it's like, may, may not happen. Who knows what's going to go on. But when the Bible says hope, I want to let you know it's not a yes or a no. It's not a maybe. It's not a could be. It's not a shoulda, woulda, coulda. The Bible's definition of hope is an assured confidence of the future based on the consistency of God's character. See, hope in the Bible is an assured confidence. Where's your hope this morning, church? Where's your hope? Where are you placing it? I hope, I pray rather, that you are placing your hope in the consistent nature of God who has said, I will do what I said I will do. I am who I said I am. I am greater. I am bigger. I am your God. And maybe you're not quite getting it today. You're saying, how do we encounter God? We encounter God through the Word. We encounter God through the Bible. See, in the Bible, you'll see His faithfulness to redeem. You'll see that He plays the long game. You'll see how amazing His forgiveness is. In the Bible, you'll see how steadfast and consistently true His principles are. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. He was good back then. He is good today. He's going to be good tomorrow. Come on, if you believe it. Come on, give God some praise in this place as we encounter Him over and over again in the Scriptures. We see how good He is. And over time, it gives you hope to stand firm in this confidence that God is with you, that God is for you, that God is your hope and that your future is going to be okay because your future is in the reliable, consistent God. Paul says there are glorious riches available to you through Jesus. And I want to skip past these these material things. I want to skip past the transient life that we live in, the materials that we gather and all the possessions. I want to skip past those types of things. And I want to look at what God has really given us, man. He's talking about spiritual blessings of living a life satisfied in Christ Jesus alone, a life content, a life that finds in itself fulfillment because of Jesus that is in our life, a richness that we can have because we know what the Bible says, not what the world tries to sell us is riches. See, Paul talks about power. And the word power here is the Greek word dunamis. I love that word, like dunamis. Come on, say it with me, dunamis. Like it sounds powerful. And dunamis is the word where we get dynamite from. Dynamite. The Greek word for dynamite's origins is, origins is dunamis. Can I tell you something today? If you read this Bible, it's going to blow up your life. 
Come on, it's going to blow up your life. Some, some of us this morning, we need some things blown up off our life, released off our life. The Bible's going to blow up your life. Someone's like, I don't want my life blown up in a good way, in a great way, in a, in a God way, in a way that's going to build, not destroy. See the Holy Spirit. He, he wants to break some chains off some people's lives today. See the Holy Spirit. He wants to free some people here this morning who are oppressed. See the Holy Spirit through the Scriptures. He wants to open some eyes that are blinded today about the reality of the goodness of God around their lives. See the Holy Spirit. He wants to bring deliverance to our lives. And He will bring His power, dunamis power. See, the Bible is like kindling that fans the fire that the Holy Spirit wants to stoke in our life to bring about God's power in our life. And your life will be different. Your life will be changed as you encounter God in the Bible, as your heart encounters Him. We can experience this hope and riches and power if we would consistently, over time, read the pages and meet God in the Bible. It's easy to not read our Bibles because maybe we think it's irrelevant for today's day and age or maybe we think it's difficult to understand or perhaps we find it boring to read. But what we're doing is we're believing lies and we're settling for less than God wants for us. See, when we accept those types of things and we say, yes, that's true, we're believing lies. It comes from the devil. It doesn't come from God. It's, it's, It's lies. It's not truth. God is a God of truth. and We're settling for less. We're selling for less than what God wants for us. And there's hope and riches and power in the pages of the Bible. And C.S. Lewis likens that settling uh, to to this. He says, it would seem that our our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy, infinite joy is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine. As he makes his mud pies, he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea, a holiday at the beach. We are far too easily pleased. And today, as your pastor, with all care, with all love, with all sensitivity, I want to say to you this morning, if the only reading of Scripture you hear in your life is in the messages that I preach on a Sunday morning, can I say with love, you are all too easily pleased. If the only Scripture that you are hearing is in a message series that we preach on a Sunday morning, you are too easily pleased. God wants to speak to you so much more than just what God has revealed to me in the Scriptures, what's going on in my life, where I feel God wanted to speak to me and therefore I speak it to you. God wants to reveal so much more to you personally through His Bible. You'll find God's more for you in your own consistent reading over time of the Bible. And so here's my challenge for you today. Here's my challenge for us as a church, uh, individually, corporately. Here's our challenge for me today. Over the next four weeks, we're going to take action to read our Bibles together. So I think there's there's a link up there this morning. So every person, get your phone out right now. 
Get your phone out right now. There's that link there, bit.ly forward slash ECWM. You're like, what's ECWM? Elevation Church, Melbourne West. Come on, get with the lingo. ECWM, Elevation Church, Melbourne West, the Bible. Put that link in your Bible. See, uh, or if you're on social media and it's like, oh, this is too difficult to type out, go to our social media, the bio, the link is also in there. But, but uh, write that down. See, we're going to read the Bible together over these next four works. See, it's easy to talk about something. Let's take some action to do it. Let's take some action to do it. And so uh, this is a link to a four-week uh, Bible reading plan. And over the next four weeks, we're going to read the, the whole Bible together. And a lot of you just fell off your seats right now. You're like, there's 66 books in the Bible. It's like a thousand pages in the New King James. It's an overview of the, script, of the Bible. So there's the Old Testament. There's the Gospels. There's the first Christians, the, the, the New Testament letters. It's an overview, a couple of, couple of chapters a day. Come on, would you join with me? Join together to say, God, we want to encounter you. We want our hearts to encounter you. We want to encounter the hope, riches, and power as we read the Scriptures together as a church. It's going to be a powerful time. I think we might even have the picture of what it looks like. Oh, yes, we do. There it is there. There we go there. So there's what you can read. So please get that. There's a, you can also uh, download it and print it out if you wish to do that too. Now, to do this, we need to take a consistent approach to read the Scripture. So we've had a bit of theology. Now we're having a bit of practicality this morning. Okay, church? So we need a consistent approach to how we read our Bible to create a habit of reading the Bible. So it's not just for these next four weeks, but we want to continue reading the Word of God. And so I'm going to tell you what my approach is, all right, this morning. Now, this is my approach. We say that there is only one way to God, but I will just say this about reading the Bible. There are many ways to read the Bible, okay? So when I talk about this today, this is how I do it. I'm not expecting you to do it. In fact, quite a lot of you probably won't be able to do the same approach that I do because my time is a little bit different than your time. But this is my approach. First things first, my Bible. And I, will, um, I don't use this Bible anymore. I have another Bible. So, But my Bible, and I'll bring that Bible in the coming weeks, but my Bible sits on my bedside table. It's on my bedside table next to my lamp, next to my aftershaves, next to my watch, and next to my Google Nest. That's where my Bible sits. It's the last thing I see at night. It's the first thing I see in the morning. So put your Bible somewhere where you see it, okay? Put it somewhere where you see it. Then the other approach I have is this, is that I have a reading plan. I have something that gives me direction, that guides me through reading the Scriptures. See, um, you can read the Bible just randomly, but it's more powerful if you read it through a plan and there's a reason. So I have a reading plan. And then the third uh, thing with my approach is that I get up in the morning. Uh, I do all the things I do. I take Roman to school. And then when I come home from dropping him off, and this is where it might be diff difficult for you to do it how I do it. But when I come home from dropping him off, I get my Bible. I get a pen. I get my phone out. I read the passages that my reading plan tell me to read. Anything that I feel speaking to me, I underline it with my pen. I put it down in my phone. I write what it meant to me. I put a hashtag scriptures in it, in my notes. So when I want to search for scriptures, I can easily search them again in the future. That's my approach to reading the Bible. Now, your approach might be different. 
it doesn't matter what your approach is, just find and approach a way to read your Bible. Lots of eyes glazed over at the moment, rolled in the back of their heads. It's like, oh, I feel like I'm back at school again, Principal Bronson. But just, just please don't say to yourself, oh, I don't, I can just, whatever. No, no. Develop a habit, same time of the day, same way, same tools, same approach. Develop that habit in your life. You will see that your life will change. See, here's what I know. Here's what I've experienced. Here's what I've found in my own life. Your life will be changed as you encounter God, as you encounter your, your heart, as you encounter the, rich, the hope, riches, and power that is yours in Christ Jesus through the Bible. The Bible isn't about learning how to do the right thing. It's about becoming the person that God has called you to be. Come on, let's pray this morning. Lord Jesus, we just thank you today, God, for your Bible. We thank you for this book that written over 1,500 years, 40 different authors, different personalities, errors, contexts, and yet consistent message consistently pointing to God, consistently prophesying about Jesus, consistently talking about how you want to redeem man back to yourself. Jesus, I pray that as we read your Bible, we are not just reading words. We are not just doing a religious practice or discipline, but God, we are encountering you.